everyone. Welcome to Now Boarding, a new travel podcast by me, Payal Nair. This show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel, and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel. Get inspired to see the world and discover your inner self. Today I'm in conversation with Shatrunjay Singh and his beautiful wife, Bhavna Kumari. Both Shatrunjay and Bhavna have created something so unique. Um, it's called Devashri Deogar and it's in, in a place called Deogar, which is in Rajasthan in India. In addition to creating this unique property, they've also had a very important role to play in one sustainability. And we're going to hear all about it from both uh, Shatranjay and Bhavna. But they've also uh, given gainful employment to local community, provided them education. And, and I think they've They've done, um, not just done, but they are uh, making a huge difference. So I'm really pleased to have both of you in conversation with me today. So thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Thank you for having us on your wonderful show. Thank you so much. Okay, so without wasting any time, because we have so much to talk about, I'd like to start with, and just feel free to whoever wants to take the question, okay? I want to start with a brief history on your family's connection with Deogar. Actually, the our connection with uh, history is like, it's very, very long because, you know, if you take back to our family history, it starts at about 567 AD. That's when Bapa Rawal actually started dominating this area. And uh, he created his empire that started from here, which is Eklingji Udaipur and started and went on to right up to Afghanistan. And uh, like Rawal Pindi gets its name Rawal from Bapa Rawal, actually. So ah, that okay. came from there. Okay. So that's a very sort of Extensive, long time ago. Yeah. But in the year 1382, one of the kings of Chitor had, a, had two sons to keep it short. The elder son was not in so much preference to the younger one. And the uh, elder son abdicated his throne in favor of the younger son. And the younger son went on to rule to become the family of Udaipur now. And the elder son was Chunda. And from there, he's Chundavad started. So, okay. so that's been, your uh, that's your family uh, name? is yes. Okay. Uh, Chundavad. That's where yeah. Chundavad gets his name from. Then there were four brothers. The eldest being Salomon, much heard of Degu, Amesh, and Devgar. And Devgar was the youngest, but it had about 240 villages under its control. And in the year 15... Uh, 68, you must have heard of the great battle of uh, Jitor, where the third sack where Bakhtar conquered Jitor. And to protect Uday Singh, the two uh, brother-in-laws, Jamal and Patta, Jamal being made there from her, my wife's family, mm-hmm. and Patta to Chundavat, they fought till death and they saved Uday Singh. And Uday Singh then went on to rule, who actually survived and went on to rule Udaipur. And his son, Marana Pratap, everybody has heard of. Yeah. Um, uh, the Battle of Haldi Ghati, as everyone talks about. 
But more important than Haldigati has been a battle that was fought after in 1582 is a battle of Dewey, mm. which we have been talking about recently, part of our drive after the COVID, is to create awareness how Pratap won the battle against Akbar. And from here on, which I would term as the first battle of independence, because Pratap wanted was, was just one thing. He was not willing to share a daughter from his house to Akbar. He was not willing to pay tax and he was not willing to, uh, he wanted his freedom, which was independence, you know. So the only state that continued to stay independent in whole of India during Akbar's time was Myanmar. And that this is our region from where we actually fought and saved ourselves from the onslaught that started in the 11th century and which went on till right up to when we really got our independence in but, uh, no. but, but so, our connection with Devgar is after post all these battles in 1670. So yeah, I'll come into that. So the, once Pata, who was the person who died in 1568, his two children who deviated from there, one went to Ahmed and other came to Devgar. Uh, first to Manpura and we shifted here to 1670. 1670 was Dudaji who came and found, found Devgar. We lived in, we have been living in Devgar and we continue to run the Heritage Hotel there. And the brother and myself, we are, still, we are partners in it. And we run Devgar Mahal, which is a Heritage Hotel. After uh, the year 2010, was it? Or 12? That we started we building Dev Street. And we started building Dev Street as a, we wanted to create a home which was sustainable, having connected more to the nature more to rural and yet keep its heritage. So we created a new product which was different to most because mostly you go to a homestay is normally it's down market, it's cost effective, working on just OTAs, online travel operators. We created this new thought of people coming as a discerning traveler to come to a place like Devshi which had this heritage, its old family, but a family that was Modern in its way. Yeah, it was uh, our our whole concept was to. I mean, we have we built the property on the basis of Vastu principles. We have all the you know our traditional like a Hindu home. You know, you have the dhup in the evening. You have we have the puja. We have you know all those kind of things. But yet it had to be contemporary heritage. We were not. We didn't want to showcase the past. We were showcasing yeah. what we are today. Right. And yet, you know, I mean, what we have with us is an asset. It's some people think of it as baggage, but I think what we have is our, our heritage is our asset. So that is in our food, in our culture, in our conscience, you know, but, uh, what, what but we are contemporary people. Yeah, so I think what you're saying is that you fused tradition and then with modernity, with modernity, which okay. is what we are. So which is what we as as individuals are today we have both worked in in corporate homes in uh, you know business houses in delhi and traveled abroad and you know everything so we are contemporary modern indian citizen we have a heritage but what we are today is what we would like to showcase yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean i think yeah i think i mean if you don't if you keep a sort of staying ground in the past in, yeah in the past you're not really moving forward and you have forward to, yes yeah you have to be able to adapt with it's 
it's a uh, balance. It's a fine balance, but yes, but it's yeah. important to do. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree with you. So just diverting, I know uh, Shataranja did sort of briefly mention, you know, he kind of mentioned it, it very briefly, but I would like to understand from you what uh-huh. your thoughts are on ecotourism and what you think should the goals of ecotourism be for a country. And, you know, I mean, if you don't want to go that broad, then mm-hmm. for Rajasthan. Well, you know, I think Ecotourism, it's not just in tourism. I think we should be looking at ecology in every aspect of, you know, people's life. And the main, main thing is water and water conservation, water management, which is what, uh, you know, so when we we started from, from the basics, we started with our house. We are building a house. We kept the principles of Vastu, we had big windows, we had a lot of light, we had a water collection, a water harvesting system installed, you know, I mean, built into the property. Our farms also, we... Sorry. Yeah, no, I, sorry, I was going to say that this is because just in context that Rajasthan yes. is a desert, right? So, yes, yes. so that's the reason why it was important for you to... For us yeah. to have, yes, yes. Okay. So, I mean, that's one aspect in, in terms of in water where even in our farms we have done, you know, water harvesting. We introduced drip irrigation, which, you know... If, Previously, people were just doing flood irrigation. So it's a challenge. It's a, and we grew aloe vera as a crop, you know, because that requires no water, really. It just, it's a desert. So we were trying to do less water-intensive agriculture as well as, you know, doing, using the drip and using as little water as we could. Plus, of course, water harvesting and all that. Besides water, there is, there is so much. It's, you know, the people we are, the people who we are employing, we are using our, it's 100% local, our staff is also, it's a challenge. We have to give a high level of service, but because they are learning and they're eager to learn, they you know, everybody says wonderful, friendly staff. Maybe they're not that, you know, swish in their ways, but, you know, they do a good job and they deliver and the customer goes away happy. So that's what's more important. And they're living in their homes, they're learning, they're getting a training, they're earning. So, you know, it's the local, everything, our, our purchases, we, we try to keep everything local, you know. Before the whole zero mile concept came up I mean we were always zero mile because we were doing our own farming we are buying our vegetables locally we've got our chicken and our meat suppliers all people who we've kind of actually you know got them started with their businesses so it's yes it's been very interesting and even now we started with with the house then we did with the staff, we are employing all about forty percent of our staff are women also because I'm there in the house all the time. So you know, ladies, single ladies are happy to come and work. And uh, with with the staff, with our purchases, whatever we are doing, with making our own jams and pickles, we are. So it just it just works because if people you know get a happy you know experience at the end of that, our we've got electricity. We We've got solar electricity, we've, you know, so 
all all our electricity is is solar still i go around saying switch off the lights switch off the fan yeah <laughs> because i'm so sure have it correct so you know ecotourism if i can say today has grown to be renamed as if i could say rejuvenating tourism so it's about uh, not just about locals but it's about rebuilding your old local facilities which were there and giving employment to your poor so this rejuvenating goes to getting your your rural agriculture to be back your water harvesting old practices to be back your uh, today india with its population that is there which i think is the biggest form we need to actually really work on our water and uh, for that we need to have both our our clean water our rain water and our the black water so we need to and i think black water is more dangerous in india because the kind of pollutants we are having which is coming out of our villages and going into our lake so we actually need to work and try and create awareness using our platform to get politicians and government employees to actually come and see how our devgarh has got a lot of mining which is beginning to come uh, we are working a lot to try and get people to come in and work to have reforestation done our see, you know what's going on in delhi right now with all the pollution yeah. um, so how i mean probably in rajasthan amongst our chain of establishment we are the only establishment which is on green electricity nobody has gone and invested there you know it is very sad that people do not they would prefer a buying a car than to go get themselves green electricity because you see electricity till date still is very expensive commercial electricity is very expensive but we are not willing to put in our that much effort the addition to that we work very hard on rural schools we have tried to get awareness of how to support people who come from poor background so we've helped we've just, we've built a girl school in the name of my father 750 high uh, girls go there and given it to the government and now we are working with sport facilities in the area so we are bringing in a lot of basketball a lot of other sports which people want to play with which is easy to play to have help them with physical development also yeah, so got, so we 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 did with the building of the house then we did with the running of the property and now we're trying to go out and do with more people in the village so like as he is saying with the schools with education with distributing sweaters and uh, slippers even get uh, slippers from corporate houses through through various trusts and you know we can distribute them in our uh, villages and we get the we got the teachers of the local school the government schools to identify the children who are below poverty line who are who are really in need and so we've got sponsorship programs we've got we've had a basket two basketball courts built and now we're getting to uh, you know people to come and train the children mm-hmm. so we we've, we've got our, our first few batches of national level players also you know rolling out so that's a feather in our cap on that and now we're talking about working even with the animals and the camels of our area just today he's trying to tie up with someone who's going to you know the the benefits of drinking camel milk and camel whatever products and we've got people who are camel herders and those animals are now pr- practically redundant yeah uh, so you know if we can get some kind of occupation for those people maybe 
Camel is the ship of the desert and it's, you know, it's uh, iconic of Rajasthan. We can't let it, you know, disappear into the sands. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also the bullocks, you know, which were used for tilling the soil or nobody is using. So we are trying to think of ways of having to get them to the bullocks as yet. But camels we are working on now. And, and I, I, I give you one example. COVID is one of the biggest you know, killers of now. Our hospital, what we decided was that with the start of this problem, we didn't shut down like most hotels. We, in fact, opened our doors. We started supporting the people who were working in the rural areas and trying to quarantine people in different schools. You know, when people, the migrant labor, when they were coming back, they needed to be quarantined in different areas. So they were using schools. Now, who's going to help the worker who's there? So we started helping those workers, health workers, which were basically, they were teachers. There were 40 teachers that were managing 40 different schools. We started helping them with their food, with their requirements. So then what happened was the thought came that what are we going to do about oxygen? So... As we are mining in our area, we went around and collected the cylinders which were there for the oxyacetylene cylinders. We got them to the hospital. We spoke to the local collector and we had excess oxygen available in our hospital. We never ran short oxygen. We never ran short of beds. Beds were available. We were using syringes to control and monitor. The single cylinder per person was being done, but we were the oxygen was available. We, because we were supporting, more people were willing to join in. Seven ambulances were handed out to the local hospital by people. And we were never short of ambulances. So, so we, what I'm trying to say is a place like Delhi or a place like Bombay was running short of support purely because people were not willing to put their hand out to help the government in support. And that, so in my opinion, is key. That is the key. Our place became like a nodal hospital for even, you know, the villages around. Everybody was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was good because everyone, you know, pitched in or chipped in and it it worked. So, but yes, we could, because you have a certain standing in the village, we were able to mobilize. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Yes. Getting the government authorities and then the local business people coming together and creating that synergy. We were having meetings here all the time, you know, and and how to brainstorming sessions and and everybody put their heads together and then something. Yeah, because I guess, yeah, it's a it was such a immense crisis and I think everyone needed to to pool in resources and I mean and you're absolutely right the fact that you have that kind of standing and and I'm sure the community would have sort of also looked towards you for help right Uh, automatically you know whether we are not in politics at all (laughs) but we end up doing all the work for everybody Everybody. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a parcel of the heritage that you inherit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Their goodwill and you inherit the responsibility. Yeah, no, totally. But the thing is, coming to being eco-friendly or with ecotourism, it's not about being selfish. It's about being selfless. It's about, but yes, now the shortcoming of that is you spend more of your time 
doing social work, helping people, and you get involved in various activities. I'll give you a flip side to it. Very often I am called in for support when there is problem with in arbitration. Now, recently we had a case of arbitration where I got involved and the local person had wanted to move away from a person who had come from outside to invest. And I sat in this arbitration meeting. I had an agreement done. Everything was done. And now there are certain balance payments to be made. Now the chap who's the local guy is not willing to pay back the rightful amount, which is to be there because the person is coming from outside. Now who's neck is on the line, mine, right? So now I am trying to master support to try and get something which I'm not involved in. Right. You know what I mean to say? Yeah. So if you, when you try and step yourself beyond your hospitality work in trying to be uh, noble in your ways and helping people, you do get stumped. So in business, we have, if you ask us, how has been business? Yes, we've had a lot of people from Gujarat come in and we've had business. The type of business we used to have which used to come from abroad, who was very keen on culture, heritage, responsible activity, has completely changed. The people who come now are people who are coming to enjoy, to have good party. Because the Gujarat is dry, they want to have their party and entertainment. So it's totally different. It's a different environment. You know, and uh, but it, that's but then just how do you? I mean, okay, it's a different environment. I completely get that. The kind of travelers that you have coming now profile is very different. But how do you get them to be responsible uh, tourists? Because you know, you still have to, you still have that responsibility towards, you know. This episode of Now Boarding a Travel and Tourism podcast is supported by Podcast Melting Pot Collection, which is an inspiring podcast series covering journeys of culturally diverse and passionate individuals. And it also envisions to be a leading platform for motivational storytelling that inspires listeners from all walks of life. You know, I don't think we can influence or really change a person. We can, we talk, we still talk about what we do. And sometimes if we have to go out and distribute sweaters, we take them along with us and we say, come, why don't you see what we are doing? You want to know how we spend our time? This is what we do. And then if it's up to the individual, we have had a couple who is supporting, you know, the schools or and even there is a friend of his from of Dubai who has taken on scholarships. He is through. He said, if you are going to take on the responsibility of making sure where that my money goes to where it should be, then I will, you know. And he's taken on four girls. He's five, five, five girls. girls now, who he is sponsoring completely. His father was also a teacher, like my father-in-law, and they work together. So you know, education is something that we. Yes. It's a strong focus, yeah. And what about nature conservation? Very nice. Yeah. So what is happening is that all of this area, we are on top of the Aravalis. And in Aravalis, we used to have a lot of vegetation earlier. With mining, it has really got destroyed. It's great to interrupt, but what mining is it? What What is the natural... So then you, uh, we first, initially, we tried to go green and try and hold that back in terms of having it not to be cleared. But you see, the problem with Rajasthan is one of the biggest source of earning is mining rights. So royalty is what they get. 
So the Rajasthan government earns from, this is the biggest earning, and Aravli's is the biggest, should I say, cash cow. So we couldn't hold that back. What we then decided was that they have a certain percentage of their money they need to park back in greening the place. So we started working with villagers to try and create small places where they would grow plants, which were just not green, but also try and have them to be having fruit bearing trees so that local villagers could then take advantage of it. We have also started getting these people to give good quality fruit plants to the villagers so that they could go to their respective farms and grow it there. Mm-hmm. So, so we are trying to CSR, so, they have they give the plants to yeah. the uh, to the village yeah. so which we identify a family or a, a person who uh, these plants are given to they are then paid for nurturing those plants annually so they get money for maintaining the plants and then whatever if fruits will come off it will be the earning of the person the, yeah 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 so it's the part of the mining people have this uh, you know they have a budget for their csr or their reforestation which they have to use so this is how we thought again it's it's just we are just doing it we are just the synergy cell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 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 let me tell you one thing. There are two there are two aspects of a life. What is what is one aspect which is very well said in our old practices and books is something called parpanch. Parpanch means family life. Family life. The process of earning money, working hard, reaching reaching political, economic, social heights. That's parpanch. And the second part is parmarth. And Paramartha is doing good to the people. Now, when we as Hindus were initially, when we would eat food, we would take a small piece of food and leave it aside that we would give in for God, which was given to cows or dog or anyone. That we have completely forgotten today. Everybody is only interested in Parpanch and reaching higher and higher goals. So when you go to these people and say, listen, let us do this green work, we identified an area, 5,000 plants were brought in. The plants were to be put in. I went and identified the area. I suggested to them that we should have drip irrigation and things. Yesterday, I went cycling. And the company that was to put this plant found that because they were putting the drip irrigation, the local trees were coming in the way. They used a JCP and dug the whole area out. The whole forest has completely been destroyed. And we had worked to, you know, we had worked to say, this is something which you should not do. But these people gave it on contract to a local drip person and the drip person has gone and done this because it was given on contract. So can you, when you are in the process of working with people, Parmarth is not their agenda. Parpanj is the agenda. They are only there to give it on a contract, do their work and get out. This is, it's a challenge. And you can, I was literally in tears. And this was, you know, when I got cycling and gone to see, uh, I don't think you've seen that. It is, it's it's an area where we go to watch leopards. It is, that area has been, that huge area was so green with local bush has been disturbed now. And it's going to be years before we can, you know. Then what happens to all the animals? What are the different animals that you have in the area? So there is one valley, which is now becoming into a game park that they're even planning planning to introduce the tiger. We have leopards, we have bear, we have sambar, four horned deers, we have jungle fowls. That area is going to become a game park. Yeah, so they've always been there. 
Yes, oh. they've always been there. Okay. But the area where the mining has started, which is an area where uh, it is still the Ravalis, but has been taken out conveniently just to for economic reasons. That area, the devastation is like World War Three. Uh, rocks everywhere. But the shocking thing is, the shocking thing is because there's so much waste rock that is piled up into hills, the leopard population has gone up. The hyena, jackal and wolf population has gone up because they get a cavity to live in. Hmm. And because herdsmen are still there, the predator population has gone up. We started getting the desert, the desert cat. Yeah, which is just coming. Rusty spotted. Rusty spotted cat, which is one of the rare animals in this area, has arrived in this area. So there's a change of animal life that has taken place. We used to have about 7 to 10 leopards. Now we have 70 leopards in the area. So and, that's gone And how are they? And so how is the community staying protected from... Because it's wild, right? Yes, so, yes. Uh, so, so, you know, it's again very interesting. Mr. Mr. Modi came out with this rule that uh, the cow uh, slaughter will not be allowed anywhere in India. So what happened was that, which is the cow that goes out? The milking cow stays. It's the male bullock or the bull that was sent out to South India normally. Now it's not being sent out, but it has no value. So that animal gets left out. Of, the, of your house, which is sitting in the street. And the leopard walks in in the middle of the night, picks it up and goes away. Nobody gets to know. And nobody really worries so, about it. Yeah. Also. So it's so, it's like free food for him. Yeah. And and so they're, they're, so far, we have not touched wood, not heard about uh, animal-human conflict as such. Even though we keep wondering, we said, my God, the area is getting smaller. There are still large wild tracts you know but uh, the the animals are adapting they are also adapting so the biggest one of the best sanctuaries for watching leopards now is inside jaipur yeah you believe leopards have been sighted on mi road in so jaipur yeah jaipur is yeah. 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 they live off dogs and they've been coming in pigs they've been living off that and so you know it is a quite an interesting balance that has started coming through as India has progressed. Hmm. So what, I mean, just to sum up, you know, obviously there are a lot of positives that you've shared, but also, you know, the flip side to that. The flip side. (laughs) Yeah. So what is the message that you would like, you know, just to summarize our conversation to the people who are watching and listening, when they come to Rajasthan, when they come to Deogar, what are some of the things that, you would like to highlight in terms of the positives, you know, that they can take away. That's one. And two, how would you like them to remember? So what's happened is that uh, the core about property like ours, which is a new development that has taken place in all of Rajasthan, where smaller homes have started coming alive. With number one, we are a place which is rural. And we have the experience of having heritage with us, which is imbibed in us. We give that experience of heritage, but we are not stuck in the Lalmas alone. Because Bhavna, who's been a garment exporter for years, she worked in American markets, traveled everywhere, has come back. We are sitting in modern day environment and we are talking about the heritage in today's sense and parlance. We are not... Living in the past, just talking history. Now, that's number one. Number two, 
is when a person comes to us, they can take back a family experience where the core of any place after the COVID is your family. So you get that experience of being at home with rural, connected to your roots, and you take back something which you remember, which is the core and the heart of Indian home, if I could say. Yeah. You can take it also, I would say that, you know, we are like a window to village life. And, you know, whatever we've talked about, we, if people are interested, we discuss the same with them. And I would say to people like, you know, copy what we are doing. Everybody just do a little bit for society in every any little way you can. You want to help an artisan. You want to help a potter. You want to help a printer. You go to the village. You know, we encourage people to go to the village and buy the local crafts. So we take people and say, this is the silversmith. He will make anything for you. This is the, you know, the fabric merchant. This is the spice person. And, you know, you it, it's, it's people get, you know, they're fascinated. Just today, there, there were some people who were staying with us for three days and they finally made it to the village this morning on, you know, I said, you must go, you must go. And she said, why didn't we go earlier? She said, I brought pots, uh, you know, old cooking pots, the dek cheese, and she bought dupattas and she bought silver. And she said, gosh, I have to come back, you know. So you're helping in whatever way you're doing. You know, you don't have to do an elaborate. In, you help an artisan, he's happy, yeah. you know. <laughs> Talking of blend, you see my wife, she's dressed in a sari. And when people ask me, how did you meet her? And they get shocked when I told her, tell them no, no, no. that we met on a tennis court <laughs> in Calcutta. <laughs> and she beat me. So you know, this is really the, the true essence of yeah. India. Oh, uh, blending. Yeah. 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 Also, we've got a lot of dogs. And I think we teach a lot of people how to look after dogs, you know, because a lot of people who are living in, in big, in high rises, have not had any interaction with, you know, animals. We've had post-COVID, we've had children who have come out for the first time in their lives and felt grass for the first time, felt an animal. Yeah, she was so sweet, you know. And she says, you know, her mother was saying she's never seen a dog, a real dog in her life. You know, she never petted one. Yeah. So, you know, to because they only had those books where you can feel the fur and feel the nose yeah. <laughs> oh, this dog who was also feeling her back you know like, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. so we you know I think we've got guests today who've come with their dogs we are a dog friendly hotel so they've come with her so now we're going to have a party for the dogs. Yeah. The dogs yeah. need to get introduced to each other. Oh no, yeah. it's just, yeah, so, this is so amazing. So there is so much, you know. It's it's just our lives, how we live, which is what we share. Good, bad, however we are. I mean, maybe one can write about it and make it sound like we're doing something great. But there are people like the Tatas and all who are doing fabulous work. Ours is a drop in the ocean. But every drop counts, I would say. So I would say be a drop. I think that would be the message I'd send, like be a drop. (laughs) Totally. And I mean, that's what now boarding, that's my new podcast now boarding. Uh for which I'm having this conversation with you. That's the, of course, uh, it's on a very different 
level, a different scale, because uh-huh. I'm just, this particular uh, show is going to focus on people like yourselves who, uh-huh. you know, are, um, who've made it their life's mission to uh-huh. just, to just embrace, you know, and yes. to showcase and to be yes. proud of what they're doing. What it, yes. and, and if I can, through, you know, conversations with like, you others who are also on this uh, who also have this vision if I can make even that iota of a difference that's all that matters Ah. you know so I mean oh you see her about such wonderful work being done all over our country internationally yeah we had and with such humility we had a gentleman who came and looked at our farm and he said oh you're doing wonderful work and this is brilliant and you must come and see my place when you come to England and we said we went and met him my gosh, he's doing rewilding. He's re- writing books. He's an international speaker on rewilding. Not once did he mention anything, but yeah. he spoke with such humility. And he said, "You're everybody is doing, you're doing in your capacity. You yeah, know, whatever absolutely. is your capacity, you do yeah. your bit. Yeah, That's totally. what's most important. Totally. I mean, it's yeah. what, yeah. what, you know, what you have, what you can share, what you can help you know make a difference in yes, your way yes. uh, that's what matters really so, yeah. so yeah so i must tell you that this is the year where i think i've given maximum flowers to my wife <laughs> uh, we couldn't get Wait. out so what, <laughs> we did was, what i did was he I bought grew, me seeds i bought seeds hand bulbs. <laughs> and i worked with the with the farm hands grow various uh, plants and seeds I think, I could, and we've I, done a lot of grafting and cutting. Of, we've become good gardeners. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I become a good cook also. And a good cook, so, yes. Yeah, yes. I, mean, I think, yeah, through this pandemic, a lot of people are discovering sort of interests that they probably never, never had, yeah. never knew had, they had. Did have, but yeah, like you're saying, they never knew they had, but they had now the opportunity to actually explore. Yeah. 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 It's just been such a pleasure. I mean, I could go on, but I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Do come sometime. Do come sometime. We'll we'll talk more. Can I I ask you one question? Yes, absolutely. How, How do you manage, you as well as your brother, manage to keep yourself so young? (laughs) <laughs> she keeps smiling that's how <laughs> that's the trick be happy from within I think yeah. that's what it really is yeah. I, I was yeah. like okay what question is going to come next <laughs> the role the the world. thank you so to much the, to, to, this, uh, to the elder sister's friend I have to be Thank you. Thank you. Lovely, lovely talking to you. Thank you. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Now Boarding, a travel podcast. Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding a travel podcast.